0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan
1: Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joseph, how are you today? Hey, Dan,
0: I'm hanging in there, baby. Ready
1: to go. You know, I, uh, yes, I know you are, and I sent this to you the uh, the other day, and I witnessed uh, on Twitter one of the most disgusting panels on CNN I have ever seen in my entire life. CNN needs to either go off the air or issue a full-throated 360-degree apology for one of the most grotesque, disgusting panels I have ever seen in my life. Um, I, I Really, it is beyond the bounds of even normal stupid. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to get to that first. And also, yesterday's show, I covered the paragraph one, how what we knew in the book, and the Alpha Bank story, right? And, and as if on cue, a story appears in The New Yorker, Joe. left-leaning rag about what (laughs) the alpha bank story why would that happen why oh maybe paragraph one's coming out somebody maybe see it in a book or something and people in the fbi and others are trying to rehabilitate yes so i'll get to that as if on cue don't go anywhere right today's show brought to you by our buddies at helix sleep listen this is bar none the most comfortable mattress you will ever sleep on. Not only that, the, you cannot beat the price. I have one. I have this. I have the pillow. It is terrific. There's nobody on the planet like you. So why would you buy a generic mattress built for everyone else but you? Helix Sleep built a sleep quiz. Takes two minutes to com- uh, to complete, and they use answers to match your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress. You can't go wrong. Whether you're a side sleeper, a hot sleeper, you like plush or you're a firm bed with Helix. There's no more guessing, no more confusion, no more, yeah, you know, uh, 40-hour work week spent in a mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Watson and Crick out there for you, uh, for you uh, b- <laughs> biosciences guys. Some of you will get the joke. Helixsleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. For couples, Helix can even split the mattress down the middle, providing additional support needs and feel preferences for each side. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They support us. Go support them. If you're looking for a mattress right now, Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders. That's $125 off at helixsleep.com. H-E-L-I-X, helixsleep.com slash Dan. That's helixsleep.com slash Dan. Thank you, Helix Sleep. All right. First, starting with the most disgusting panel I have ever seen in the history of cable news. And man, I've been on some rough ones myself, Joe, as you know. (laughs) I've called you the next day, been like, ooh, man, that one was rough. Uh, This, I'm just going to let you go ahead and play this, Joe. But just for a little background, this is a panel about Kanye West, uh, entertainer, uh, and his support of President Trump.
0: Kanye West is what happens when Negroes don't read. Um, and and we have this now and now Donald Trump is going to use it and pervert it and he's gonna have somebody who can stand with him and take pictures. <laughs>
1: I'm just looking at Scott's
0: <laughs> Listen, black folks are about to trade Kanye West in the racial draft. Okay, they've had it with him and he's an attention whore like the president. He's all of a sudden now the the, the model spokesperson. He's he's the token Negro of the of the Trump administration. This is ridiculous. And no one should be taking Kanye West seriously. He's clearly has issues. He's already been hospitalized. He's already been hospitalized. (laughs) Hospitalized.
1: Now, that's not a glitch at the end, newsbusters or someone put that together. together and put that in there that's not joe messing around with it why was that effect put in there at the end i i don't even again folks i'm being candid with you i don't even know where to start joe you've seen a lot of disgusting things in your what 30 Mm. years now in this business
0: yeah a little over 30 yeah
1: have you ever had some, and it's a serious question. If you have, correct me. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Mm. Joe has a, a, been the, the producer for a morning show in, in a very popular morning show in Baltimore for a very long time. He's been in this business for a long time. He's been doing this show with me for four years now. Have you ever had a host on the air, on the air, refer to a black American, On uh, uh, Joe, they have a good audience at Joe's show, yeah. as a, quote, house Negro and, and it, even worse, Joe, not only as a, quote, House Negro, but a guy who had a serious mental, uh, mental health issue, which a lot of Americans have. She's, the, the woman, Tara Setmayor, who is an embarrassment to media commentators everywhere, points it out on the air. Have you ever seen anything like that happen? Serious question. No,
0: I, I really haven't. Never, never. And
1: you've seen some pretty nasty stuff on yeah, the air, right? Not, and a lot of crazy, stupid stuff that comes under stupid as well. Yeah, just- right, and, and hosts have had to go back and say, all right, but I, folks, I am not kidding. Ah. I, and Joe just said it too. He's been in this business a, 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 a lot longer than me. I have never in my life. And Don Lemon, that was Don Lemon, by the way. Don Lemon's laughing. He thinks this is funny. Oh, yeah. On cable news, talking about a house Negro.
0: Oh, uh, and,
1: and a Negro that can't read. Let's not and, forget and, that. And a house Negro that can't read. Good, ladies and gentlemen, Dude. quoting them. Joe, be honestly, uh, I'm, I'm this is uncomfortable. Quoting them. This, we're quoting these idiots on CNN, and I'm I am uncomfortable quoting them I because I too. know kids listen to the show. Yep. Let me just put this little caveat: uh, 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 buyer beware, here. kids. As if yeah, I know you know this because if you listen to the show, your parents are good people. Don't ever, ever. Ever in your life use language like that ever. It is never, ever, ever appropriate under any circumstances to poke fun at people for a mental health issue or by the way, a serious mental health. People say all the time, oh, that guy's crazy. No, Kanye West had an actual mental health issue. This is not funny. And to refer to him as a house Negro on a national television program and the host is laughing? Folks, listen to me. The left has descended into complete chaos we have a couple more clips now joe was kind enough to put together <laughs> but now you understand why i have this own the libs thing i've been through. some of you la- i get some of it said in jest you know own the libs is you know it's like a rallying cry kind of thing mm-hmm. but now do you understand why i wrote that piece about how the new rules have to be in effect and the new rules are this we must win and you must lose and we must win on the side of freedom and liberty and conservatism because we absolutely have to keep you from power because these are the kind of people that when power is, God forbid, taken back by them, the kind of people who refer to people on national television programs as house Negroes and make fun of their mental health issues while the other hosts laughs, these are the kind of people we're dealing with. Now do you understand why the new rules are in effect? We must win, folks. This is a political street fight now. Oh, you doubt that? Joe, cue up Eric Holder. Eric Holder. Yes, that Eric Holder. The former lead law enforcement officer for the United States of America during the Barack Obama administration. The former attorney general, Eric Holder, is giving a speech. Listen to what he says in the speech in case you think we should in case you're one of those never Trumpers or, you know, so-called moderates who don't moderate anything who thinks we need to go back to like, oh, let's just be nice to them. And I promise they'll be nice to us. Maybe they won't call us house Negroes. Maybe they won't attack us. Okay, play Eric Holder.
0: They have used the power that they have gotten. For all the wrong things. They want to keep themselves in power. They want to cater to the special interests. It is time for us, as Democrats, to be as tough as they are, to be as dedicated as they are, to be as committed as they are. Michelle always says, Michelle Obama, I love her, you know, she and my wife like really tight, um, which always scares me and Barack. But Michelle always says that, you know, when they go low, we go high. No. No. When they go low, we kick them. That's what, that's what this new Democratic Party is about. Okay. We're proud as hell to be Democrats. We're willing to fight for the ideals of the Democratic Party. We're proud of our history. We're proud of our present. And we're proud of the future that we can create for this country. And we're not in this just to make a statement we're in this to win yes
1: all right dude where do you start i i don't i don't know um i don't because i for all my instincts here to i, I want to be i don't want to add i really don't i i genuinely do not want to pour gasoline here on this fire here's what i'm worried about folks
0: mm-hmm. i hear you
1: you know when you look back at the history of world war one not a historian, I don't claim to be, um, but I know Joe has always been fascinated by history. Mm-hmm. And this analogy was made, by the way, I don't want to take credit for it, uh, recently in a Wall Street Journal piece I read, but I thought it was an appropriate one because I've always been fascinated by World War I and how we got into this just disaster and we seemingly crawled into it. We didn't sprint into it. When you look at the history of World War I, what happened there is... There was this escalating slowly, though, a slow burn tension. Wouldn't you agree, Joe? Mm-hmm. On multiple sides of this soon-to-be conflict. Yeah. And as the tension escalated on each side, the other side was always under the assumption that the other side was going to back down mm-hmm. until the tensions reached this fever pitch uh, and any type, of, uh, any type of flame or spark or whatever set off this just bomb of events that led to one of the most disastrous conflicts in the history of of civilized mankind in world war one what is worrying me now genuinely worrying me i'm not uh, this is not melodrama hyperbole for effect none of this is this is getting worse we now have what the democrats believe are credible political leaders like eric holder i'm going to play hillary clinton in a second Hillary Clinton and others, Maxine Waters. Listen, we don't think they're credible, but that's not the point. They do. Talking about kicking them when they're down, aggressively confronting people in public and, quote, getting in their faces. This is happening over and over and over again, and I don't know what they expect us to do. Do you expect us to sit there and just continue to take it? Folks, I... I've insisted to you from the start and I will say this from now until this show goes off the air. I hope to do it until the day I go in a box in the ground. Well, I'm going to be cremated, but whatever. I'm afraid I'm claustrophobic. So I told my wife, burn that thing. Don't bury my body, right? I will. There is absolutely no, no justification for political preemptive violence. None. I'm sorry. You may believe that's fine. Listen, everybody, you know, you're welcome to feel how you want to feel i i no i just no i'm sorry we will defend ourselves though and what's worrying me is why are you forcing us to defend ourselves it's reminding me a bit of um you know gold Meir, my ear who had said at the time you know we can forgive you for killing our children but we can never forgive you for making us kill yours mm. i mean these are the why are you forcing us into a spot here that you are you're inviting you're inviting a political violence. Why would you want that? That the, the the path that leads down is disastrous. It leads to chaos. It leads to pain. It leads to suffering. Do you not understand what violence is? The pain and the horror of having uh, really of having someone mug you and beat you and it, you think this is funny? You think kicking a guy on the ground is amusing? Eric Holder, you think this is funny? Now, you would think responsible people, and let me be clear, this is where we are. This There is no excuse, period, full stop, for political violence. There is no excuse for aggressively getting in peoples for none. That's not how we should be handling our business. You would think responsible people, supposedly, like Hillary Clinton and Eric Holder, would be looking to dial the temperature down so we don't have some kind of a conflict. But no, what do they do? They dial it up, almost forcing conservatives to say, hey, we're going to make you guys defend yourself because we're going to confront you aggressively in public. We're not going to be suckers. We're not going to let you beat us. We're not going to let you attack us. Why would you think that? Here's Hillary Clinton on how Republicans should be treated from this until excuse me, until they take back power. The Democrats, you cannot be civil, a political party that wants to destroy what you stand for, what you care about. That's why I believe if we are fortunate enough to win back the House and or the Senate, that's when civility can start again. So basically, this is a blackmail effort, right? Mm -hmm. Am I reading this right, Joe? Yeah. Either vote for us or we will attack you. And we will make you defend yourself? Is that? I mean, is that seriously where we're going? Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very, very dangerous spot. Now, what's doubly worrying me, because I, this is really, really a, 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 a frightening moment in our history here, is the left is soft. They're soft. Now, you may say, well, Dan, it sounds like you're saying two separate things here. It sounds like on one hand, you're saying they're aggressive and confrontational, but on the other hand, you're saying they're soft. No, those things are not exclusive. They're married to each other. Now, I did some of this on the show before, but it bears repeating today in the context of what I just played for you. Joe's nodding his head because he knows exactly where I'm going with this. The reason large majorities of the radical left, the radical left, I'm not talking about voting Democrats out there are aggressive and confrontational is because ladies and gentlemen they have led sheltered lives and they've had no experience with real world violence they don't the conservative side i'm familiar with it i run in these circles i've been in this circle for a long time as an activist as a content producer it is chock full of people who have served in the military. It is chock full of people who are fighters. I mean, actual like fighters, like people who uh, get on the ground and scrap and uh, mixed martial arts fighters and stuff. People who have worked for a living, uh, people who are really, really, I mean, listen, go up to any manual laborer in New York and look at their hands. They got hands that are just, the skin is so thick. You shake their hand and it, it feels like you're, you, you know, you're like shaking sandpaper. These are hard men and women. They've been mugged. They've been robbed. They've been in street fights. They've seen the horrors of violence. Many of them have seen it in actual combat and war. They come back changed. What changed my life was when I started, I found this love affair with mixed martial arts, S- understanding and respecting the power the power of violence. It's a frightening power. It scares you when you experience it. What worries me about the left and what I've said on before, and I'll say again, is these people doing this have no experience with the horror of that. They think they're walking in. It, it reminds me of a story I once heard about the Civil War, where at the, with, at the inception of the Civil War... There were people who showed up and, and they and they came to watch the battle like this was going to be some kind of like a Nerf football game. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden people started screaming and running like, holy, this is real. There are people dying. People's heads are being uh, blown off by cannon fire. This is real. that you Do you understand what, Joe, you I know you're picking us up because you've heard this a couple times oh, yeah. before, but some of our new listeners, this is important. We hit this right now. <laughs> this has got to be stopped. The reason the left is doing this and they become increasingly aggressive and confrontational is precisely because many of them are snowflakes and have never had experience, forget about with violence, with any confrontation at all. They've grown up in insulated environments where being a liberal was safe. They've grown up on college campuses where you're you're worshipped if you call conservatives Nazis and stuff. You're, you're, you're no one that confronts you at all. You get a, hey, you get a big round of applause. It is their softness that scares me. Because you will slow walk your way into a conflict that once it starts, God forbid, nobody's gonna be able to easily backtrack from. This isn't a joke. This is real. People with real experience with the horrors of real-world violence, cops, you know, firemen, again, people who've worked for a living, live in tough neighborhoods. They don't they don't walk into casually into street fights. Some of my friends, by the way, who are some of the toughest mixed martial arts guys around. I mean it, some of the toughest around. You know mm-hmm. some of them. Are the least likely guys to ever, ever get in an altercation. You know, it reminds me of a video. I'm, I'm sorry, but this is important. You should you should all watch if you get the chance. There's an old friend of mine, I haven't spoken to him in eons, um, but Matt Serra, who was a UFC fighter, who was just an unbelievably, he was a great guy. I loved Matt. We trained with him for a while and then I moved. Um, there's a video on the internet of Matt. Matt was the, uh, the welterweight UFC champion at the time. Uh, a, long, actually, a long time, I should not say at the time when this video happened. One of the most skilled hand-to-hand combat fighters in the world. I had the honor of training with him for a long time. A guy confronts him, Joe, in Las Vegas. The video's out there. You can see it. And it's mm-hmm. in a restaurant. He's drunk. The guy's clearly being belligerent. Matt could have, folks, believe me, what Matt would have been horrifying what Matt could have done to this guy. But he doesn't. The guy gets aggressive with him and starts to physically try to manhandle him. And Matt just basically puts him on his back, gets him in the mount position, and sits there kind of calm down, calm down. I want, watch the video. Calm down until the police show up. Matt could have seriously disrupted this man's life, if you know what I mean. But he didn't. Mm -hmm. Because Matt understands the horror of violence. He lived it every day. That's what hand-to-hand combat is. Now, in UFC and stuff, it's controlled, obviously, and it isn't done in a sport-type manner. But he understands the horror of violence. I'm not trying to psychoanalyze the guy. I'm just suggesting to you that what scares me about the left is that they're so soft. It's that they're so soft and they are slow walking themselves into a conflict we want no part of. But once you start that conflict, there is no way for us to back away. We are not going to let you attack us. It's not going to happen. Folks, this is scary stuff. And I really hope the people listening to this, maybe we have a lot of liberal listeners. Some of them send me nasty commentary. I know the media matters goons listen to it too. I really hope that responsible people on both sides we can continue. Listen, throw flame on issues all you want. I do it. I, I have a listen. Then no one's ever going to question my ability to throw flame on Twitter. <laughs> you you know you don't like us on taxes. You want to call it crumbs. You want to say we're taking people's health care. Whatever. I, I got it. That's part of the mix. But calling for people to kick other people when they're down. To violently get in their faces, to get up in their faces and confront them, telling people when you're the Democrat nominee for the presidency in 2016 not to treat your uh, political opponents with any degree of civility. Uh, What? There is nowhere to go from here. But take some pride, and I'll leave it with this. You guys and ladies out there, you're hard. You've been through this. Many of you work for a living, your hands are raw. You've raised kids. Your knees are busted up. Your shoulders hurt. Your knuckles are broken. You've been doing this a long time. Some of you have some serious PTSD from seeing real-world combat in in the worst way. You're hard. I just wish the left would see that and say, this is a loser. Why are we doing this? They won't. Scary stuff. All right. Um, I got a lot more to get to. Um, one more thing on this, though. I just wanted to... I, I have a couple articles in the show notes today. I want to put one of them in there, too, about the... Uh, it was in yesterday's show notes at Bongino.com. The Republicans pounce narrative. The, the Democrats... Democrats in the media, because they're the same thing, Joe, and institutional Democrats, What this basically the swamp, right, up on the hill. Right. They're, st- they're not dumb, okay? And you don't have to agree with them tactically, but some of them are starting to see the danger. I mean the danger in conflict, what I was just talking about, but also the danger electorally. Chaos doesn't sell. Chaos is not a brand. And some of them are worried about their jobs. The Democrats are starting to run from this. So in conjunction with their media allies, they're going to try to return this uh, turn this around and make it a Republican problem. Now we see this all the time on Twitter. It's become a running joke on Twitter. Um, you know, Sean Davis at the Federalist and others, there, and Molly Hemingway and uh, people like that are on this left and right when they see it they point it out and I'm always sure to kind of pile on the Democrats have this thing called Republicans pounce or conservatives pounce if you haven't heard it just google it and you'll see what I mean but I'll explain it to you briefly the mob tactics the left is employing right now is not selling well in heartland America amongst actual Democrat voters not radical liberal nuts right So in order to turn it around, the Republicans, the media does this often. They'll take a bad Democrat story, but they'll make the actual story, Joe, about Republicans pounce, trying to make the left seem like there's a mob attacking people. (laughs) No, the left is a mob attacking people. It's actually happening. But the story becomes Republicans pounce. We've seen this over and over with Obamacare when when the computers crashed. The Obamacare computers crashed. Republicans pounce. It's an effort to cover the story, but make the Republicans look like opportunists and make them look like the bad guys, when in fact the story is about the failure of the left and the liberals. It's a genius ploy. Do not fall for it. I bring that up because I saw a piece on Talking Points Memo, and if you, when you know what to look for, you will see the Republicans' pounce narrative everywhere. Yesterday, I'm on Twitter, and I see Talking Points Memo headline. <laughs> Republicans seize on stoking fears of left-leaning mob to mobilize voters. <laughs> they, now notice, they use Republican seize, not Republicans pounce. They used to use Republicans pounce until conservatives started point, making fun of them. This is one of the dumbest Republican pounces ever. Republicans pounce, stoking fears of left-leaning mobs to mobilize their voters. We're not stoking anything. Your left-leaning mobs are literally attacking people. In Oregon, we've seen it all over. But that story again, because remember, the institutional swamp rat Democrats and their media chums have to take an unquestionably bad story. They know this doesn't look good, and they have to make it about Republicans. Republicans pounce. Now, feel free, because a lot of you email me regularly. If you see good Republicans pounce stories, I'm happy to cover them. But now that you know what to look for, you will see this all the time, and you will laugh your butt off. And if you follow... um. Sean Davis and uh, Molly Hemingway on Twitter, they're really good at picking out Republicans' pound stories. He, Sean is, is, is excellent. When he sees them, he's all over it. And uh, he's a really aggressive fighter uh, for the cause. So go check him out over at the Federalist. They write pieces over there. Molly, too, does a really good job. They, the Republicans pounce, man. Now you'll see it. Um, all right, uh, I want to get to some other stuff, specifically that New Yorker story. As if on cue, Joe, <laughs> they listen to the show mm-hmm. and are now running interference because the uh, paragraph one's being exposed and they don't like it. Today's show brought to you by our buddies at FilterBuy. They write the, gra- the best ads ever. These are their ads. This is why you need to go to FilterBuy. A new study just came out of China discovered that air pollution causes a huge, quotes there, reduction in intelligence. Somebody get the joke. This is in addition to well-known impacts on physical health. High pollution levels led to significant drops in test scores with language and arithmetic, the average impact equivalent to having lost an entire year of education. Now we know what's going on at the Department of Justice. They never change the air <laughs> filters. Over, oh, I can't get enough of this. They never change the air filters. This is especially important with 95% of the global population breathing unsafe air. So do the smart thing. Go to FilterBuy, FilterBuy.com, America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. And a hey, special thanks to the guy, you know who you are, who sent me the receipt for FilterBuy, who bought a bunch of FilterBuy filters for his whole factory there. Thank you. That was nice. You sent that on to the company. That was really cool. Choose from over 600 sizes, including custom options and ship free within 24 hours. Plus, they support working Americans manufacturing all their filters right here in the USA. Save 5% when you subscribe for auto replacement. You'll never forget to change your air filters again. Filter by will save you time. They'll save you money. You'll breathe better and apparently become more intelligent in the process. So stop procrastinating. All right. That's filterbuy.com filterby.com and like that gentleman who sent me the email did make sure you tell him dan bongino sent you they love to hear uh feedback from our audience they love being here so thanks folks filterby.com for your air filters you need them so buy them from companies that support us okay um so yesterday we talked about paragraph one being the and we've been holding it forgive me for a little while but i i wanted to make sure you read it in the book because i don't want you know i did, I, I didn't want to be preemptively attacked and have to defend myself with stuff in the book that wasn't out yet so paragraph one's pretty clear yesterday's show did incredible numbers Mm -hmm. um the downloads were phenomenal because we tied up this thing in a neat little bow uh it's i'm I'm not going to recap the entire show but in case you missed yesterday's show The paragraph one, how this investigation started into Donald Trump is now becoming crystal clear. It was obviously a political hit. We know that. There's nothing surprising there. But they needed an excuse and some kind of a criminal CI predicate to do it. They couldn't just, when they recommended this for a formal FBI investigation, just say, oh, go investigate. They needed something. So when they needed something, what did they do? They found this fabricated nonsense narrative that was being pushed by Glenn Simpson from Fusion GPS about Alpha Bank, these servers in Trump Tower that were communicating with the Russians. Now, yesterday, forgive me on this, but yesterday I forgot to get to this. I had some quotes from a piece that I neglected to put out there, and it's my fault. This is a piece by Rowan Scarborough from the Washington Times. It's in yesterday's show notes. This is the how far they went to push this uh, Alpha Bank narrative To the FBI and the Justice Department by Glenn Simpson. Remember, this narrative, if you heard yesterday's show, was Mm prepackaged. It was already in this Alpha Bank stuff, portions of it, in a 2007 story he already wrote. He's selling opposition research to Hillary, right? He needs to come up with something. He's got nothing. So what does he do? He sells them a a, a prepackaged nonsense narrative he already had through 2017 with assistance from his buddy, Christopher Steele. They were so eager to get this narrative that this is what happened, this is from a Rowan Scarborough piece, and I quote, "In December of 2016, Mr. Rohr, talking about Bruce Orr, the number four excuse me, the mm-hmm. number four official at the DOJ, Orr met with Mr uh, Mr. Simpson. He made note of Mr. Simpson saying the New York Times story on October 31st, downplaying the connection between Alpha Service and the Trump campaign was incorrect. There was communication, and it wasn't spam. So remember. Simpson and Steele, their allegations are that these servers are communicating between Trump Tower and the Russians. It's a back channel. The New York Times themselves debunked this. It was a spam email thing. It had nothing to do. The Trump organization didn't even own the servers. The FBI must have had egg on its face like you wouldn't believe. That Rowan Scarborough goes on. If Mr. Orr's note-taking is accurate, then, uh, then Glenn Simpson was clearly pushing the alpha narrative. But Mr. Simpson told Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Chuck Grasley and Iowa Republican a different story eight months later where they played the whole thing down. Folks, the FBI is embarrassed and horrified right now that they started an investigation on a spam email case now wasting no time at all because why? Now, I'm not... I, 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 I'm trying. I want to make this. I want to make I don't want to. I don't want this to come out. That was a lot of like skips there. (laughs) I don't want this to come out wrong. I'll skip it all over. I don't want it to come out in a pretentious, hey, look at me kind of way. I don't know if someone got a copy of our book a little while ago. Certainly, there were some manuscripts floating around. I don't know if someone in the media got a heads up. I'm not really sure. There were enough manuscripts out there that someone may have read it. I know there are people who follow what I say on the show. Joe, you know that too? Mm -hmm. Because people, we've gotten calls from people in the industry. I'm not going to say who have said, this guy at the Bureau thinks you shouldn't say that. Um, Okay, hard pass. Thanks. We'll do what we want. Um, But thank you very much for your suggestion. We appreciate it. I don't know if somebody got a copy of our paragraph one Alpha Bank story and how the FBI tried to lift and shift from that story into Carter Page and Papadopoulos. But it seems like this piece in The New Yorker that was just released the other day is way ahead of us, Joe. It seems weird a little bit. (laughs) Who is that? (laughs) Pee-wee. (laughs) Pee-wee. Piece appears in The New Yorker. At the end of the piece, I'm going to read the last paragraph. It's it's really long. I'm not putting in the show notes because it's a waste of your time. It is a desperate attempt. Maybe this piece looks like it's about two three thousand words, a desperate two three thousand word attempt to resuscitate the Alpha Bank narrative. Now you may be saying, Dan, if they clearly know right now that these Trump Tower servers talking to Russia story it was all garbage, it was debunked it's nonsense, even the New York Times debunked it. Why would the New Yorker put out this piece? I don't know, but it certainly appears to me that it's another media effort. That once this comes out, and it's going to come out very shortly about this entire Alpha Bank thing, and the FBI is going to have its egg on its, it's in my, It's in the book, you can check it out, right? We talked about it yesterday. That they're desperately going to have to say what, Joe? It was an honest mistake. <laughs> right? They're going yeah. to, they, they, someone's going to have to say, Hey, listen, it, well, by the way, it wasn't an honest mistake. It was a BS narrative being fed by Simpson and Steele and mainlined right into the FBI and DOJ. It wasn't an innocent mistake. It was an intentional mistake, which makes it not a mistake at all. <laughs> so what the media, my, I, I'm confident of this, is doing in this New Yorker piece is trying to resuscitate the Alpha Bank narrative, tell it their way, and make it seem in the end when the report finally comes out, all right, so they use the dopey story about a spam thing to spy on the president. But, hey, look, there was some evidence it was true. How do I know that? Let me read to you the rest, last paragraph of the piece, which says everything, Joe. The enigma. They're talking about the the, 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 the servers. The, the enigma here, like the puzzle about the servers. Mm-hmm. For now, remains an enigma. No, it doesn't. It doesn't remain an enigma. This story has been debunked six different ways from Sunday. New Yorker guy, Dexter, whatever your name is, Dexter Flickens at the New York or Filkins, whatever. I don't care. This does, it does not remain an enigma. This case has been roundly debunked six different ways from Sunday. Stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. It's not a lie
0: if you believe it.
1: (laughs) He does. I think Dexter does believe it. Yes, he does. <laughs> so I, I couldn't even get past the first sentence. So he says the enigma for now remains an enigma. It doesn't. The only people likely to finally resolve the question of Alpha Bank and the Trump Organization are federal investigators. Oh my gosh. Joe. I'm sorry. I'm backing away from the mic because I. They already looked at this. Dexter, Flickens, did you. Where have you been? Dave, this is a joke. Are, are have you missed this entire spygate story? They already looked at this. This has been so roundly debunked. I mean, this is like there are more witnesses to Bigfoot than there are to this ridiculous server to server Trump to Trump Tower to Russia thing. Are you kidding? I don't know what you're thinking. I'm not sure. But this thing has been debunked. Did you miss this? It goes on. This is the last paragraph. Max, this is one of his contacts, I get. This is one of his uh, 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 Flickens' contacts here. His name is Filkins, but I'm just going to call him Flickins because that's what I want to do. So Max is one of his, uh, his contacts that's apparently this oh, big tech man. guy. Max told me that no one in his group has been contacted. Maybe because this thing's been debunked. Did you ever think of that? That's why these techie guys are not being contacted? It goes on. But he said it wasn't necessary for anyone in the FBI to talk to him. (coughs) I'm sorry. This is like, I'm serious. I'm not making this up. I'm getting like post-nasal drip because this is the, now I got to hear from this. Here comes Paula. He's going to come in here right now. Lucky this thing isn't live. She'd walk right in here and shut the show right off. She hates that. She thinks it's the worst thing ever. We love getting emails about it, too. People email us in defense of Muttley. It's turned into a thing now. (laughs) This is so funny because this thing has been so debunked that the utter desperation of Flickens to bring this back in the New Yorker to try and protect the image of the FBI to be able to say later, oh, look, Dexter Flickens wrote a piece. And there actually was some evidence that this was a back channel communication is so embarrassing that Flickens should seek a new line of work. So uh, I'm, go- I'm moving on. If the agents gathered the right information, this guy says, from other sources, like Listrak and Sendin, who were the server, owners of the server, he says, I hope Mueller then has all of it. Again, signaling out there to Mueller, like, hey, maybe you should investigate this again too, even though the thing has been debunked six different ways from Sunday. Folks, oh, it is so frustrating. The media is gone full-blown pravda. Full-blown Pravda. I don't know if they got wind of the book, if they got wind from someone else, that the Alpha Bank thing was coming out, that it was going to be embarrassing. I don't know who told them. But let me tell you, there's no way this piece is totally, completely organic. No way. These very same sources who have been, and, and to be fair to Flickens, right? Dexter Flickens. Flickens who wrote this piece may just be too dopey to figure out what's going on. Yeah, Joe. Do you see where I'm going with this? The, yeah. In other words, the sources that are leaking it may be the ones who know that the Alpha Bank story is coming out, and they need like a, they need a, a, a patsy in right. the media to write the story. So they may, in fact, have just be using Flickens, who just isn't smart enough to figure out that this thing's already been debunked. So I'm not sure Flickens is rolling the thing, but I know for a fact that the media has been cultivated the whole time. For, adva- for leaks, advanced leaks on stuff. They have been the entire time cultivated to frame a narrative. And the narrative here is going to be when the Alpha Bank story comes out and the full truth is exposed that, oh, it was just an innocent mistake. It was not an innocent mistake. It was a story I just read to you from the Washington Times fed to people in the FBI and DOJ. For the sole purpose of spying on a presidential campaign, it was not a serious investigation ever from day one. Please stop trying to make this happen. It is not going to happen. Um, I got a couple other stories I want to get to. I missed out on a few. But uh, today's uh, show also brought to you by our buddies at We the People Holsters. Welcome back to them. These are the most comfortable holsters. I got one initially. I loved it. They sent me two. I can't get enough of it. I have one for my Glock 43. It is absolutely terrific. These We the People holsters are custom made right here in the USA. They design their own holsters in-house. They do not use third-party molds. These are not cheapos here. These are the real deal. Finely measured holsters that are super comfortable. You can adjust the cant. You can adjust the ride. They make them right here in Las Vegas. They cut every mold to precisely fit each firearm perfectly. They update designs monthly as they change them. They update designs every month. Lets them stay up to date on new models that come out. When they say it, they mean it. They build these products using their own precision molds. It has an adjustable cant, adjustable ride. What does that mean? It means you can adjust the holster in your waistband so it's comfortable. It has its own clip which they design, which has four holes on it that match up with the four on the holster, so you can adjust the tension, you can adjust the cant, you can adjust the ride. You like it a little more secure? They have it. You you stick the fireman. You get click. You know what's in there. You want it a little? Uh, you want it a little tighter? There's a screw. Just turn the screw. A little looser. Turn the screw. They have custom printed designs: the thin red line, thin blue line, Constitution, the American flag, camo. New to come out each month. They're only thirty-four dollars. But, but. Go to we slash Dan and enter promo code Dan, you'll get ten dollars off. It'll just be twenty-four dollars with free shipping. You can't beat that. There is no finer holster out there for the price. We the peopleholsters.com. It's got a lifetime guarantee. Chips free. We the peopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the peopleholsters.com slash Dan. We the peopleholsters.com slash Dan. Promo code Dan. $10 off. You know, there's a, a piece in the, sh- sometimes in the show notes, they get a little out of order, but if you, um, if you go to the show notes from uh, the show I did on Monday, I included a story I would like you to check out because it plays into how we started the show. And I, I, I just, I'm sorry, I, I should, for continuity's sake, I probably should have rolled right into this, but I was afraid I wouldn't get to that New Yorker thing. So I forgive me for kind of jumping around. But in the beginning of the show, I talked about the left and chaos, trying to sell this chaos brand and chaos doesn't sell. Um, this, it's no, nobody likes disorder. It is just not the natural state of the human being to seek disorder. They seek order, regularity. Um, this is just, what's happening right now is disturbing. Getting to the point, the left's war here on us and they're, they're increasing aggression and confrontation is not just stopping at this rhetoric, folks. There are actual things happening behind the scenes to attack the very essence of the constitutional Republic. Now we've seen this for a long time. Taking away our money through, you know, uh, excessive government spending and taxation, other stuff. But there's a very frightening war. And uh, um, was it Dennis Prager had a piece in the Daily Signal, it's in Monday show notes, about the left's continued war on due process. Now, why has this come up again? And why is this important to you? Why does it matter to you? Well, we saw it with Kavanaugh, where, where there's, there was a, a forfeiting of any claim to due process whatsoever. The left basically said that women are to be believed. Well, folks, women are to be taken seriously, of course, as if anyone, anyone who's a victim of a crime anywhere. But to assume automatically that an accusation is evidence and the default is to be believed without any corroborating evidence whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen, do you understand that's the absolute essence of the destruction of our republic as we know it? Anybody can make an accusation against anyone at any time. Now, I'm not relitigating the Kavanaugh case, I'm bringing it up because Prager, brings up a great point that we're not just seeing this with Kavanaugh, Joe, we're seeing this elsewhere as well. And he brings up two terrific examples I want to highlight here. Number one, the Obama administration's war on administrative proceedings for alleged sexual assault on college campuses. We saw this with the Obama administration threatening uh, dear colleague letters and things like this to college campuses that they should lower the standard of evidence to clear and convincing through, through, uh, other than preponderance of the evidence that they should lower the evidence standard in these uh, these trials on their campuses for people, men accused of some kind of sexual impropriety. Now, you may say, well, what's the problem with that? The problem is the, the, the hearings the Obama administration wanted on campus, Joe, they allowed no cross-examination, and there was an automatic near assumption of guilt by some of these guys who were accused of sexual assaults on campus, were not allowed to properly defend themselves. And what happened, Joe? Later on, they were not guilty. And what did they do? They turned around and sued the campuses that lost millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. The Obama administration wanted this. They don't want due process. Ladies, I'll get to why, folks, in a second. But he brings up a great point. This didn't just start with Kavanaugh. So just to be clear, they're talking about these campus trials for men, and uh, women too, accused of sexual assault where you were not allowed to cross-examine, it was an almost automatic assumption of guilt, and a lot of guys were falsely accused who turned around later, sued, and won. Everybody should have the right to defend themselves. If they are then guilty, proven guilty, given a due process proceeding, then you have to suffer the consequences of that. But this is deliberate. Second, the left's continued push to expand I'm calling them gunless to get people on these uh, these terrorism lists. People who may have no nexus to terrorism at all. They say, and then, and then they the way they frame it. What do you want? Terrorists to get guns? Are are you an idiot? Are you that stupid? Do you really believe that? Yes. Republicans and conservatives want terrorists to have guns. Of you, listen, you you you're just being a moron. Like you know that's dumb. The point is that you can appear on one of these lists falsely, many people have, who've showed up at the airport and found out they can't fly. They're like, you're on a watch list. For what? And it's the wrong name. They have no due process to get their names off. Why would the Democrats push for people to be included on these lists? Because they want as few people as possible to have the right to defend themselves. Now we got this mental health list where if you, God forbid, you seek a doctor for some kind of uh, a, a mental health evaluation, what, your, your constitutional rights evaporate forever? They want you put on a list as well. They love lists. Why do they love lists? They want lists of gun owners. They want lists of people they accused of, of sexual assault on campus. They want a list of, of uh, you know potential conservative Supreme Court nominees. They love lists because they love to blackball people. That is what they want to do. When you believe in the power of the state, you genuflect at the altar of the power of the state, you have to automatically diminish what? Right. Individual liberty. You can't have big, bold individual liberty coexist at the same time as an all-powerful state and the way the all-powerful state diminishes individual liberty your right to speak out your right to speak out on campus your right to own a firearm your right to sit on the supreme court and be judged by your work record the way they do that is to get you on the list get you on the list and let the state enforce the ability to put you on a do not fly do not own a weapon uh, you're not allowed back in college. Do not run for office. Do not run for, you know, do not put your name in uh, for, uh, for any kind of position as a CEO. This is what they want. They want to frighten you into submission. This is real. This is happening right now. It's troubling stuff. Read the piece. It's in Monday's show notes. It's a good one. The left's continued war on due process. They cannot allow you to defend yourself. Let me wrap that up there because I want one more story I want to get to in the economy. It's really important, but we had a big dump yesterday in the stock market. People are getting worried. (laughs) Sorry, watching the debate. (laughs) Sorry, watching the clip on Fox. If you're allowed to defend yourself, Joe, whether it's in accusations of sexual assault on campus, accusations that you should not have your firearm rights and you don't belong in a terrorist. If you're allowed to defend yourself, what would you present to defend yourself? You would present evidence. evidence right? Ev- thank you. Yeah, evidence, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the left has divorced itself from facts, data, and evidence a long yes, time ago. Yes, they sir. are not remotely interested in having an argument about the real economic effects of tax cuts, the real economic effects of a bold, robust Second Amendment. They don't care. They don't want evidence. They act on emotion. And emotion, they feel that they should be able to wipe out anybody in their way, wipe out their reputations, whatever it may be, because remember what they say, the ends justify the means. This is their thing. The ends justify the means. The ends can't justify the means if you're entitled to defend yourself and produce actual evidence. That's why they hate due process so much. All right, moving on. So there was a big dump in the stock market yesterday, and uh, I I just want to issue a warning because I you know I support this president strongly. I think he's done a terrific terrific job in the economy. But folks, it's it would be irresponsible for us to ignore what's going on right now. Uh, the reason I'm linking this to the stock market story yesterday is a lot of astute. I watched Neil Cavuto's show at four on on four uh, p. Eastern on Fox, and he always has a lot of good financial people on. And a couple of them came on and said, "Well, the market got spooked because interest rates are going up. Interest rates going up. It's not. A, it's not a difficult concept to understand. I mean, it's not really a, a financial show, but you know, I'm fascinated by economics and finance. Interest rates are just the cost of money. I mean, that's all. Everything has a price. Money has a price as well, and that's the interest rate. If I give Joe a loan at, you know, two percent, that's a pretty cheap loan. He doesn't have to pay back a lot. If I give Joe a loan at two thousand percent." Um, the price of money is pretty darn high, and Joe's going to get bankrupted pretty quickly trying to pay back that awful interest rate on that loan. If I lend Joe a dollar at 2,000%, he doesn't pay that dollar back. Within a few weeks, Joe's going to owe me a whole boatload of money. So as the price of money goes up, people need money. They need money to do what? To grow their businesses. If Joe wants to invest in his uh, production studio there, Joe may not have liquid capital. Not everybody keeps, you know, 50,000, 60,000 in a bank account. Joe may say, hey, Dan, I'm going to go to bank and get a business loan. Well, that's easier to get at 2% than at 10%. That's the genesis for, according to a lot, and they're right. The interest rates are going to go up. And as interest rates go up, the market gets spooked a little bit because it gets more expensive, the cost of money to invest in and grow your business. Not trying to panic anyone. I'm just trying to tell you so you understand. That although the good times are rolling now and Trump is doing a magnificent job. Ladies and gentlemen, we are walking into a government debt apocalypse that is going to be nearly impossible to extricate ourselves from if we don't stop this soon. That government debt apocalypse we are walking straight into, we are walking right off this cliff, is staring us in the face, folks. We, have, we owe nearly 100% of our entire economy. We owe almost $20 trillion in debt. The United States government, the entire economy is only worth $20 trillion. Imagine this in your personal finances, your entire net worth, your equity in your home, your stocks, your bonds, your savings, your checking account, your assets. Or imagine owing someone... All of it. We do. It's getting bad, folks. Now, let me tie it all together. If astute financial markets observers, which they are very smartly, are saying, listen, interest rates are going up. That's making money more expensive to get. If money is more expensive to get, people aren't going to be investing in their businesses. And if they don't invest in their businesses, it's going to be impossible to grow. Why would, what does that have to do with the national debt? Ladies and gentlemen, our national debt right now is and interest rates in the economy, which are going up, but are still relatively low historically. How long do you think people are going to lend the business of the United States money? Knowing that the United States is walking into a debt apocalypse they possibly won't be able to pay their way out of? How long do you think that's going to go on? Do you really believe? I hate the term in your heart of hearts. I hate when people say, but let's use it in your heart of hearts. I can't stand when people say that. Do you really believe that, let's call it United States Inc., that people are going to continue to lend the United States government money? Money to spend it doesn't have. That's why we're running up a debt and the deficits every year. We're borrowing money we don't have through the tax base. How long do you think they're going to continue to lend us money knowing that the risk of bankruptcy is growing literally by the day? The answer, disturbingly, is I don't know. What do I mean? Ladies and gentlemen, I wish I knew when that date happens because I would have all my money in cash. Again, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I don't know. I don't know. If we can sustain high growth rates, we may be able to keep this up for a little while longer. But sooner or later, like the tulip crisis, somebody's going to turn in a tulip and say, you know, I paid a lot of money for this thing and it really ain't worth crap. Give me my money back. And the United States is going to say, we don't have it. And then he's going to tell his friend, they don't have the money. What do you mean they don't have the money? I lent them $10 million. Hey, United States, I want my money back. We don't have that either. Then the contagion spreads. And what happens? Nobody lends us money at all. And then what happens? In order to get money we have to pay interest rates that are like loan sharks. We're going to say, "All right, lend us money, we'll give you 20% returns." So oh, then it's over. You're in a debt spiral you cannot possibly get out of bankruptcy. It is over. Folks, this is real. I haven't covered economics in a while on the show. I love it. It's my passion. I'm just simply suggesting to you. You have lawmakers again that listen to you when you go to their town halls, when you speak to them in their chat rooms. When you see them, this national debt is a menace coming ashore, and it gets sidelined by the news cycle of the day, whether it's hurricanes or the Supreme Court, whether it's the tax cut bill. And we're forgetting the fact that we are literally walking off a debt apocalypse cliff right now. We are walking off that cliff and we are whistling the whole time like nothing's happening. You think an 800 point drop in the stock market due to a small spike, a small spike, And interest rates is a big deal. Can you imagine the drop when the contagion spreads? No one wants to lend us money and interest rates go up to 20%? The stock market be wiped out. The stock market be down to 5,000. The good news is the Trump economy is motoring along at such a hefty pace that, ladies and gentlemen, if we just put a lid on spending, we should cut it. Don't mistake my words. But I'm telling you, even if they don't have the guts to cut spending and just stopped it now at where it is, there's a good chance that we can avoid this financial apocalypse. That's the good news. The bad news is there is a date in the future that none of us know where everybody's going to get hip to the scheme that the United States can't possibly pay this back. And we are going to hit a stock market interest rate skid like you haven't seen in American history show's on tape. We don't delete episodes. I wouldn't say that casually. We can fix this. But at a minimum, they have got to get a lid on this out-of-control, grotesque abuse of government spending. Uh, I hate one more quickie thing, Joe. Sorry, but um... you know I'm in the net neutrality story. I just found it kind of funny that California is doing its own net neutrality now. <laughs> um, which is kind of a joke. The United States government, of course, is fighting back saying, well, you can't exactly do that, California Commerce Clause, uh, which is probably an applicable app- application of the Commerce Clause. But fascinating, you know, California, Joe, big liberal state, they're in it to help the little guy. What's one of the first things California banned? Uh, free internet plans for, uh, for people who are poor. <laughs> Zero rating plans. Zero rating, meaning if you go to certain websites and use the data, they won't charge you. Companies do it as like a benefit for lower income folks. That's the first thing. California, we're in it for the little guy. Take away their free internet. <laughs> Liberals. I, I just want to make sure I threw that in there. I was going to cover it on Monday, but you know, everything's been so crazy this week. Um, Thanks again. Everybody who bought the book. You pushed this down to 30 yesterday on Amazon. We're still going down. I would love to get to number one. I appreciate all your support. Please go pick up my new book, Spygate. Available Barnes & Noble, Amazon right now, bookstores everywhere. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. See you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.